Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. They can slow down the Friars for the moment at Slim Chickens. Here's a lob for Edie. He catches and dunks. This time, Camden Heidi is the passer, not the dunker. 13 for Edie. Too strong, no. Weak side rebound, though, to Cryer. Kicks it out to Sharp, left wing. He'll try a three. Got it. Emmanuel Sharp hits his second three of the game. He gives it to Shepard. Throws it to Dillingham behind the defense. Left hand leaner won't go as he got bumped. Uh, Looked like a foul. White should have passed the rebound. White throws it away at the other end. Throws it ahead to Shepard. Shepard lob and it's for Reeves. And a foul on James. Stafford has it. Sets the laces. Drills one. End zone. Cuts. Puka Nakua. Touchdown LA. 95 yards to Paydirts to grab the first quarter lead. Good morning. Welcome in on this Friday to Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers with me as well. Good morning. What's up, man? We are feeling it. It is the final show before the holiday break. So we, uh, we're mixing in a little, uh, a little holiday cheer. Not, in the not show like today. the, uh, Adult holiday cheer with like the no, eggnog, like no, spiking no, no, no. the eggnog. Nope, nope, nope. nothing like that. No. Nope. Family but, friendly holiday cheer. Well, it, probably. It, yeah, it, <laughs> at least the, the nice portion of our show. We we may have the a, a, a naughtier segment coming your way where we uh, have to hand out some coal. Yeah, gotta you know listen. Not everybody's on the nice list. Mm-mm. All right, not everybody's on the nice list. You know who Santa knows he checked it twice. He allegedly Shane checked it three times. Probably that's that sounds about right. Um, we have a few guests that I think are oh, on the come nice on, list Shane. Uh, this week. We've got our guy Damon Benning up at 8 a.m. Uh, Mike Sauter definitely on the naughty list. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, and I think Verge could beat me up, so I'm going to put him on the nice <laughs> list as well. Those are our guests today as we send you into your holiday weekend. Sauter probably thinks he could beat you up too. Yeah, he certainly can't. He does have um, an irrational confidence he, like he does. me. But I think I uh, – I can see my fate <laughs> through the through the looking glass and with arms uh, wide open. With ar- if we were doing a traditional wrestling match, he might be able to beat me because he's got a wrestling background. He does. He does. I don't know. Um, I, I tell him all the time. I'm like, Sauter, let's go right now. I'm like, I'll kick your butt. <laughs> like, let's go. Right. And he will lose his ever living mind. I do. Like, he'll be like, <laughs> move the chairs, move the. Ta- let's go. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He's always ready to fight. Like, always. Uh, and not always a smart move for him. I'm just saying, I don't think he understands. I'm going for that right knee. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm just kicking that thing out immediately. <laughs> I don't think he understands. Like, this sounds, uh, like, jerky. But I don't think he understands. Beef? Like, I'm not just a big guy. Like, I don't think he understands how strong I am. Like, even though I don't know how to wrestle at all, he'd have a hard time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'd win a regular wrestling match, but he would have a hard See, time. See, I think I could beat Sutter on endurance. He has the length, no doubt. And if, yeah. he, if he got his hands um, if he got his hands on me, then I probably will go down and get pinned. Sure. Uh, because I don't, I'm not as squirmy. Yeah. Um, but you know what? If I can, uh, if I can evade the whole time, <laughs> that, that's, what I, that's what I'll shoot for. We'll have to ask him which of us he thinks he can beat up here. Oh, he, know, he, he would say me. <laughs> he would say, well, he'd probably Absolutely, say, he would he'd say He'd probably me. say both, let's be honest. No, I, well, <laughs> he may look at you and say, no, I, I know Robbie's background, and, uh, you know, I, I may not want to test that, but Andrew, no doubt, no doubt. But that's uh, a good thing. Sauter and I, different weight classes. Although maybe not, because Sauter is a very, very skinny man. I was saying, you guys might be close. I think you might yeah. be close. Sounds about right. I think he, I think he says he's one seventy. I don't know. If no he is. shot, right? Because of his height, like that, that alone gives you like twenty pounds. Yeah, 
Because he's tall. I he's think he, probably like one. He's probably like 185, 190. No, I think he's 170. That's what he says no he is. Way. Yeah, I would buy that. All right, we'll ask him. We'll have to ask him when he gets on here. Uh, we'll just stop talking about him randomly. <laughs> uh, we will we'll talk to Mike Sauter at 9 a.m. Lots going on in the high school sports world. He's been covering uh, college basketball as well, so we'll get his takes there. Um, I know he was at that Nebraska-North Dakota game mm-hmm. on Wednesday. At Bell uh, West Westside last night, top 2-3 uh, matchup in Class A. Absolutely. So tons to talk about with Sauter. Uh, before we get into any of that, I don't know if you saw yesterday, Andrew. Actually, I do know you saw because you sent it to me. Um, <laughs> but but for the audience, yeah, the dramatic effect. For the mystery <laughs> of hosting a radio show. I don't know if you saw yesterday, Andrew. Uh, but Kirk Ferentz had some things to say unprompted. Out of nowhere. Out of, uh, about Dylan Rayola and doesn't even have the decency to say his name out loud. Um just living rent-free in Kirk Ferentz's head, mm-hmm. Nebraska, and Dylan Rayola. If you didn't hear it, basically what – Shane's got the clip. Oh, Shane, yeah. Can you go ahead and play that Ferentz clip? A concern for me, not not a deal-breaker, but a concern uh, if any of our coaches come in and start talking about a guy that's been in three high schools in three years. Those kinds of things are just things you really you need to get answers for, I think. So that was – Totally unrelated to anything they had really talked about. That, that was the question. Yeah, the question was, like, hey, your your recruiting class was basically wrapped up in July. Like, is it kind of nice to have it wrapped up so early, not have to worry about, like, signing day flips and stuff like that? And let me first of all just say, when no one else wants your players, yeah, the signing day's not very dramatic. Yeah, it's pretty blank for you. And listen, I get that Iowa's been better than Nebraska, so this is not what that conversation is. Doesn't mean they're fun to watch. And that's, mean a, they're... and that's a credit to the coaching and development that they do in Iowa City. Because let me read you off the last 10 years of recruiting rankings. Hit me. Okay? 43, 50, 39, 27, 35, 45, 40, 41, 47, 59. Look, they win games. They win games. And with those recruiting rankings, to win games is incredible, right? But they are not getting good players. Not and, not and, on the front end. And if you look over the past two, three years, yeah. it, it's noticeably seen yes. that they are going downhill offensively. Yep. And they are still on the rise defensively. Right. And they that's a lot of that defensive... Uh, bump is from those three years from three, four, and five years ago. So you've got a lot of veteran guys that that was the the only classes that they had in the last 10 years below or better than 40th ranked was that three-year stretch. And so that would have been 22, 21, and 20. Those guys are just aging out of the program now. And outside of that, they're all 40s or higher. You've got a couple in the 50s there. And here's the other thing is as all of their good players that they recruit for the most part are on defense. <laughs> right. Even even the offensive line has seen a dip for mm-hmm. Iowa. They're, that's part of the reason the offense has gotten so bad because they never got skilled players, pretty much never. Maybe they'd get a running back here or there. Maybe they'd get a functional quarterback here or there. They pretty much never got skill position players, but the offensive line buoyed that unit up enough that you could get a running game going with a below average to mediocre running back. You could protect your quarterback long enough to find one of those incredible tight ends, which is about the only position on offense they've consistently recruited well at. That's gone because the offensive line has started to take a dip. I think because Brian Ferentz's focus has been so much on trying to get the offense going, he hasn't been able to focus on the offensive line where he's actually a great coach. And 
So you've seen that dip, and they don't have the talent to make up for it. They just don't have the pure talent. So when he's out here talking about, oh, yeah, we don't have a lot of drama, and yeah, yeah, because you're not in, you're not swimming in the deep waters, Kirk. Like, let me just start there. And, and look, Nebraska isn't either. Nebraska was fortunate that Dylan Rayola had a previous connection to the university. But even without Dylan Rayola, I get that they're not swimming in Alabama's waters. They're consistently swimming in the 20s. Like, that's where Nebraska yeah. lives. Oh, yeah, Nebraska's is, recruiting rankings are there. And look, consistently 20 to 25 spots higher than where Iowa is. So even though Nebraska's not in Alabama, Georgia waters, we're not in the kiddie pool either. I think Kirk Ferentz is feeling a little like they're starting to fall behind Nebraska in terms of development based on what you just mentioned about the recruiting rankings. And it won't be long until the Huskers consistently mm-hmm. win the game against Iowa. Absolutely. It won't be long because when you these recruiting rankings just don't happen by mistake. No. Uh, there's a reason that certain guys are listed with certain stars. And, yes, it's it's not a perfect system. But for the most part, it's pretty flawless. You're not just given this ranking and then you are – you're not a four-star and then you end up being uh, like a two, three-star in the portal. You're not a five-star and end up being a three-star later on. There's it's a, not too often that happens. There's a reason that since the start of the recruiting era, no team has won a national title that has been outside the top 15 in the recruit that hasn't had a top 15 recruiting class within the four years prior to them – winning that national title. That is a fact, okay? So you might miss on individuals with the recruiting Mm -hmm. services. You might miss on guys here or there, but as a whole, they're accurate. And let's not forget that the new and improved-looking Big Ten is not going to be nice to Iowa. No. Where they sit today, where we know they are offensively, like I looked up last night, they averaged 16 points a game last season. And granted, that also includes what Cooper DeGene was able to do on special teams yeah. and defensively for that team. So I don't even know offensively how many points they averaged because they only had a couple of games where they were scored like multiple offensive 30, touchdowns. Right, yeah, yeah or, or in the high 20s. The, the, whole, the whole point of this, too, is if you don't improve at all, mm-hmm. if you don't look like you have any sort of guidance on offense, how do you think you're going to get a guy yep. like Dylan Rayola, who's been to three high schools in three years and ends up wanting to go to Iowa? You're not going to get anybody that wants to step foot in that program because they know it's just a wasteland for offensive players right now. And – I mentioned this before when the Dylan Royal thing cropped back up. Outside of tight ends. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this before when the Dylan Royal thing cropped back up for Nebraska and people were kind of unsure if he was going to come or not, so they were still sort of like picking, picking at him a little bit, and they would bring up the high school thing. And I, I promise you, I know people around here, and this is not a, an insult because I shouldn't pay attention either, but I'm a dork. People around here don't pay as much attention as attention to college basketball recruiting. They figure out who Nebraska and Creighton are going to sign, and then they kind of move on from there. But the top guys in college basketball recruiting switch high schools all the freaking time. All the time. It is not even newsworthy anymore because it used to be like this. They'd be like, ah, he's kind of, you know, he'd be coming out of the draft as a one and done. They'd be like, ah, he went to three high schools in four years. I don't know how I feel about that. LaMelo Ball went overseas. Should we really uh, (laughs) make him the third overall pick? Yeah, they like, it would be, it would be something that they would talk about like a decade, maybe 15 years ago. Now, it's as common as anything. They don't even care. It doesn't get brought up. This is not... Because if you're a player, you're a player. And and listen, people 
are trying to put themselves in the best position to be successful at the next level. Like that is, if you're one of those guys, whether you're in basketball, whether you're Dylan Rail or whatever, I also think it's more common in college football than we realize, but we care about it when it's a quarterback. We don't care about it when it's some other positions. But we just, it's become such a non-factor in the NBA draft, and I don't know, and college recruiting in general, I don't know why people are making such a big deal about it in football. I don't know if it's because it's the quarterback position and you're like, oh, we need him to be a leader and whatever. But listen, it's not any different than what we're seeing in the transfer portal in college now. I mean, you see guys on their third and fourth schools, and some people don't like that. But again, you're trying to put yourself in the best position to be successful. That is your job as a kid. Is And, and listen, it doesn't happen as much for this reason, but if you're switching schools for academics, nobody cares. Well, and also this – his last school, his last high school that he attended was in the school or was in the state where he was projected to go to college. Yeah, where he was committed to go. That's so why. So family's going to want to be close to that. Yeah, he moved there, honestly, to get a better feel for Georgia and to kind of ingratiate himself in the community. This is not a situation where he was some disgruntled kid looking for playing time. He was the best quarterback recruit in the country. He could play wherever he wanted. Like this is, and he wanted to play to win a championship somewhere. So why would you be wanting to ask a lot of questions when a guy like that walks into your room if he's trying to put himself in the best position to win a championship anywhere and, he goes? And you could tell. Because when he left, what was it, Chandler? That was his sophomore year when he won the title. Yeah, I believe so. When he left, that he looked at that team and was like, eh, I don't know if we're going to win in two years, right? And then so he's like, I'm going to go to this. We're going to – let's speak to the family. Let's go to a different spot and, and – get you in a better position to set you up for your future. Well, and the other thing is, I think it has to be mentioned that if you're a guy like Dylan Riola and you're trying to put yourself in a situation where you can be ready to go day one, there are certain places that prepare you for that better than others, right? Like playing Texas high school football probably prepares you Mm -hmm. better to be a day one division one starter than playing in Idaho, for mm-hmm. instance. Like playing in the I believe the second highest class in Georgia is where Buford was. Around the Georgia coaches and, yes. and, and all that jazz. is gonna make you more ready to play day one as a freshman at Division One football than it is to play in a small class in Arizona. And, and I don't know if Chandler is that or not, but I do know that Georgia is more competitive football than Arizona because look at the recruits that come out of Georgia, look at the recruits that come out of Arizona. That's not a hot take. But I think what this comes back to with Kirk Ferentz is a, a total inability at this point in his career – to connect and understand with what young people are going through now. The world of high school and college athletics has changed so dramatically. And listen, I kind of, I was a little worried about it with Coach Rule. If I was worried about one thing, because he's got kind of an old school mentality, right? Mm -hmm. But he's, you mentioned earlier this week, a lifelong learner and willing to do what is necessary to win. As long as it doesn't break who he is as a person, which I think is what he's kind of, intimated at what happened at Carolina. He sacrificed some of what he believed in for what he thought he needed to do to be successful at the NFL level. And I think he learned that lesson. He's not going to do it again. That doesn't mean you can't change with the times. Like we saw, it's like, yeah, we're going to go out and, and if we need to go get somebody from the portal, we'll go get somebody from the portal. But I still think high school recruiting is the best way to go. It's not to say he's not going to use the portal, right? But 
He's going to do things his way. We've seen him use the portal last year. They brought in 12 guys. They've got one guy right now. I wouldn't expect that number to get more than about three or four for this year. I would expect maybe some wide receiver help, maybe some running back help, and maybe a veteran quarterback that's not going to push, that's not necessarily expecting to start, right? Outside of that, he's going to do things his way. But the difference between him and Kirk Ferentz, first of all, is like 40 years in age. <laughs> but it's probably like 25, but whatever. Uh, but Who's counting? Uh, yeah, I mean, Kirk is pretty old. Uh, looks a little bit like the Crypt Keeper, if we're being honest. But <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> But the difference between Kirk Ferentz and Matt Rule is, yes, they both have an old-school mentality. Kirk Ferentz is stuck in his ways, though. Mm-hmm. Like that's, there's well, Because he knows what works. Well, he knows what has worked. That's what I mean. He yeah. knows what works for Iowa, so that's why he does it. What he's not taking into account is that conference realignment is not going to be nice to Iowa in how they play. And not just conference, real, conference realignment, transfers, NIL, the whole change, everything that's changed in college football, which those are the big three, right? Everything that's changed in college football, the, his inability to understand what that means for his program. And connect was a huge word that you just used. Yeah, his ability to connect with young people and what they want and what they're looking for now. And, like, if he doesn't want to change, that's fine. But you have to understand that's probably going to come at the cost of your program. Like, it, it came at the cost of his program that he didn't want to move on from his son, Brian Ferentz. Like, that came at the cost of wins for his program. It, it, it's why we talk about and have talked about this was Scott Docterman before of, is this Kirk Ferentz's last year or not? Is he going out with Brian? Is he going to stay? And, and people it's seem certain- inclined that he's going to stay for, yeah. like, maybe three years. However long he feels like, basically, which I think he's going to be – I mean, he's always kind of seemed miserable. Like, he's never mm-hmm. – but he is going – we'll see. We'll see after one year yeah. if he can handle – all of these changes because why even why even go as far and stoop as low as he did yesterday to take yeah, totally a, a random a random thought and mm-hmm. add it into um, an answer that didn't even apply to the question you know and it's funny because you can defend Kirk Ferentz in any way you want out there whoever wants to be a, a Kirk Ferentz cider and in, in this case do it I'll, I'll hear your point here's where you can't convince me that he wasn't talking about Dylan Rayola how many other recruits mm-hmm. nationally have done what Dylan Rayola has done at the high school level, jumping from three schools in three years. Like how many nationally have you heard about that, have, that has done three high schools in three years? From a college football standpoint? No, from, from – yeah, it, well, so what I'm saying is it, in this class, mm-hmm. because that's what we're talking about, yeah. this recruiting class, nationally, how many of the signees – Again, nationally, yeah. have you heard went to three high schools in three years? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. You've only heard one. Yeah. You've only heard Dylan Rayola's yeah. name right. attached to that claim because he's one of the highest recruits out there right. nationally. So when he brings up this point, who do you think he's talking about? I don't care if he stayed generic in his answer and didn't actually name drop DR. You know that's who he's talking about, and you know Iowa is Nebraska's rival, Mm -hmm. and so you know he's going to take a jab when he can yeah, absolutely. And it's the – I really believe it's because he doesn't like – like I don't think it has anything to do with Dylan Riola. I think it has everything to do with Kirk Ferentz is old man screaming at clouds, and he doesn't like the way the world is changing in his, in his line of work. Yeah, but he also wouldn't have brought it up if it weren't Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, if this was Alabama, if it, he wouldn't have said a thing. No, because it's somebody in his backyard that he's going to have to deal with, right? And he knows he's going to have to deal with it. And it probably scares him a little bit to have to – because I, I know for a fact, right? I don't know for a fact. I shouldn't have said it that way. I can say with a pretty good amount of conviction that a guy like Scott Frost did not scare Kirk Ferentz. He knew he could out-prepare Scott Frost. He knew that he could out-coach Scott Frost. He knew he could out-develop Scott Frost. Didn't matter that Nebraska got better players under Scott Frost because Kirk Ferentz knew all those things. Probably knew those same things about Mike Riley as well. And before that, Bo actually beat him occasionally, Mm -hmm. right? But the last two head coaches before Matt Rule, he probably wasn't too scared of Nebraska, right? I think he sees the way Matt Rule operates. That's probably a little scary for him. And then he sees him get a quarterback of this caliber in addition to the way he operates. That should be very scary a for quarterback Kirk of Ferentz. this caliber who, to a team that hasn't won 10 games in how many years? Right. And that's exactly what Iowa has done over the past how many years? And frankly, he's probably a little jealous. And you know what? That's where I think it, I think it stems from a little bit of salty. Yeah. Like, uh, he's, he's salty about how things played out and how Nebraska has been able to consistently recruit over the last two seasons when they got a coach in there like Matt Rule. And it's probably frustrating to him that kids don't want to come play for Iowa despite the fact that Iowa's been better. Because let's be honest, Nebraska and Iowa recruit in a lot of the same pools. And in those years, what are, the, what are those years that I told you that they recruited better? 39, 27, 35. What do those have in common? 2022, 2021, and 2020. What was happening in that time frame for Nebraska? Uh, a lot of turnover. A lot of turmoil. It was, Scott, it was, it was yeah. Scott Frost, right? Scott Frost was there. Those were his last. First, I thought COVID. And then I'm like, okay, what happened after COVID? <laughs> Those were his last three years at Nebraska. 2021, their best recruiting class in the last decade, number 27 in the country, is like, peak, is Scott Frost staying or not? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be fired or not? Those guys are in the same pool that Nebraska recruits from, especially in the linemen and on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Nebraska lost a really good tight end at a Pierce because of all the changeover last year and Ben Bramer. Yeah, he ended up at Iowa State, but Mm -hmm. but still, right? You've got – But when you have turmoil, you you drop. Yeah, you lose guys that you should normally get. And so you look at when they recruited their best, and it exactly lined up when Nebraska was at their worst. And so now you get Matt Rule in town, they go – 39 as as the as Nebraska is clearly going to make a change. 50, 43. Those are their classes. 50 last year was Matt Rule's first class. 43 this year is his second class, the one that they just signed. This is a direct reflection of Kirk Ferentz having to fight with somebody that's actually in his weight class now. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, and he does hate the game, it seems like. He hates the way the game has changed, and I don't think he's going... Yeah, but now he's hating on the player. Yes, he is now, because he's bitter and salty. He's a, he's a salty Because old... he can't adjust. Yeah, he's a bitter old man. Go retire, bud. I don't know what to tell you, but quit dropping 17-year-old kids' names when you're salty about your program. I mean, average more points than the names that you are attacking, <laughs> right, per age. Average more points in a game. If, if you average 19 points a game, then have at it. Go after any kid. But until you average more than 17 points a game, get off my lawn. <laughs> that is the opening of the show. We will have more Herd at Sports Radio coming up next. <laughs> 